Welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I am your host, Tony Serino, and this is your daily dose of all things Steelers. Today on the show, part two of my conversation with Christopher Carter. Yesterday, we talked about that Raiders game, got into some of the changes the Steelers are going to make defensively. Today, we're going to continue that discussion about the changes the Steelers are making defensively. Are they the right changes? Is this what's going to bring about victory against the New England Patriots? We'll talk about that today. We'll also preview more of that matchup on the offensive side. How is this Steeler offense going to fare against that Patriots defense? Also today, the injury report. Of course, we all eyes are on James Conner. Will he? Won't he play? Could be a game-time decision. We'll talk about that today as well. Welcome to the show. I am your host, Tony Serino. You can find more of this podcast by going to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you can find podcasts. Search Locked On Steelers. Hit the subscribe button. Get your daily dose. You can also follow me on Twitter at Steeler Country. You can find us on Facebook. Search Locked On Steelers. Hit the like button and make sure you join the Facebook group. You can also find us on Instagram at Locked On Steelers. And let's start today with that injury report. The Steelers getting relatively healthy going into this game against the Patriots. Ben Roethlisberger practiced again on Friday in a full capacity, so he's good to go, not on the injury report at all. Same can be said for safety Sean Davis, who sat out of Wednesday's practice with a knee, but practiced on Thursday and Friday. He's good to go, not on the injury report at all. And also Anthony Ciccolo, with his ankle, practiced on Thursday and Friday, good to go for this game on Sunday. Ryan Switzer looks like he hurt his ankle in practice on Friday, so he practiced only in a limited capacity Uh, he's questionable on the injury report right now. So not sure Switzer is going to be able to go. If he can't go, you have to wonder about Eli Rogers. And in listening to some of the interviews that Jake McClinger of Penn Live, Jeremy Fowler of ESPN did, it sounds like Eli Rogers got some time with the starting unit and he may be in for a return as soon as this week. In fact, you know, you're listening to this probably on Saturday. Uh, Check Twitter because Eli Rogers is probably getting activated for this football game, and that likely means that someone like Marcus Gilbert is headed for IR. He did not practice all week again, listed as out for this football game again. Given where Matt Filer is, given where the Steelers are with Chooksokor for, I would not be surprised to see Matt, to see Marcus Gilbert headed to IR with Eli Rogers likely headed back to the 53. You know, Eli Rogers on the inside, Juju on the outside, got to think that's going to be the case at some point in this game if Eli's reactivated. And you know, Eli can return punts. If Switzer's out of this game, the Steelers are not only without a slot receiver, but they're also without a kick returner and punt returner. So having Eli Rogers back, at least in a punt return capacity, going to be big for them as well. And then, of course, all eyes this week have been on running back James Conner. How's the ankle doing? Would he be able to go in this game? He did practice in a limited capacity, but he did practice on Friday with that ankle injury. He's listed on the injury report as questionable. So I think, I think this is a game-time decision. As I said, that was best-case scenario going into the week. He sat out of practice on Wednesday, sat out of practice on Thursday, practiced in a limited capacity on Friday. If he plays in the game, I expect he'll be on some sort of pitch count. You wonder how effective he can be with an ankle sprain, coming off of that ankle sprain. He's clearly not going to be 100%. What I like about this, though, is, look, if he can get some time against the Patriots, that's going to be really good because the Patriots' run defense is soft, and you saw that last week with all the success the Miami Dolphins had running the football against the Patriots. I mean, you saw it last year in this matchup at how much success the Steelers had with Le'Veon Bell in that matchup. So having Connor there going to be huge. But the other thing here is the fact that Connor's even possibly going to play against the Patriots means it's very likely that he'll be good to go the following week against the New Orleans Saints. And I know this feels like the must-win of the season 
for the Steelers. And in a lot of ways, it is. It's it's a home game against the Patriots. It's the most winnable of the next two. But getting Connor back for that Saints game, you know, look, the, the Steelers can pull off the upset there as well and save their season. So having Connor back against the Saints is going to be just as big. Uh, but but it'll be good to see if Connor can go even in a limited capacity in this football game. So there you have it. Uh, the injury report. Ryan Switzer questionable with an ankle injury. Uh, James Connor questionable with an ankle. And Marcus Gilbert out with a knee injury. And right after this, I will continue my two-part discussion with Christopher Carter today. We're talking more about Artie Burns than getting into previewing this matchup against the Patriots. Are these changes defensively? Are these the right changes? This is what's going to help this defense overcome what has been a real thorn in their side in Tom Brady and that Patriots offense right after this. Hey, before we continue, want to let you guys know about Action Heat. What better way to stay warm this winter season than with some Action Heat clothing? It's engineered to safely and efficiently deliver heat via heating panels similar to a heated car seat. If you're going out to Heinz Field this Sunday for this Patriots game or you're going out in a couple weeks for that game against the Bengals, even the home playoff game potentially the Steelers could be playing if they pull off the upset on Sunday, get yourself some Action Heat clothing. Listen, I've been out there in Heinz Field for those cold weather games. It is cold. Get yourself a heated jacket, socks, gloves, hats. You can even get undergarments like heated base layer shirts, long johns. Stay warm and cozy in Heinz Field watching this Steeler team. Or if you're looking for the perfect holiday gift for someone in a cold weather city, get them some Action Heat clothing. We have a special deal for listeners of this podcast. You're going to get 20% off your entire order. Head on over to actionheat.com slash locked on. Check out everything they have to offer. That's actionheat.com slash locked on. Or you can use the promo code locked on at checkout to save 20%. Stay toasty warm while you enjoy all your outdoor activities this winter with Action Heat. And we thank them for sponsoring today's podcast. Also, I want to let you guys know we have the Locked On Listener League on DraftKings right now. Check the show notes of this podcast or check me out on Twitter. I'm tweeting about it. Uh, you can join the Locked On Listener League. It's a new league in DraftKings. We have a one-week fantasy setup. It's one game. All you have to do is pick six players from the Steelers-Patriots game, compete against me, other Locked On hosts, $3 to enter, or if you use the promo code Locked On when you sign up for DraftKings, you're going to get a free ticket to enter into whatever event you want. So you can get into that Locked On Listener League absolutely free. Head on over to DraftKings.com. Check out the link in the show notes here or over on my Twitter to join. All right, let's continue part two of my conversation with Christopher Carter. Last we left off, we were talking about Artie Burns and the ability to play him in a more man-to-man style where you don't have to worry about communication and that sort of thing in a zone defense. Let's continue the conversation from there. It, it, it'd be interesting. It'd certainly be, certainly be interesting, although you, you would still have to wonder about how Artie's going to do. You know, the Steelers kind of change up their game plan in this game a lot with going with such straight man. Absolutely. Uh, you know, you'd still, I guess you'd still worry about Artie in that zone defense, right? Oh, oh yeah. You're, I mean, you're going to absolutely keep it. I'm not saying they're going to think, oh, everything's gravy. He's back yeah. now. We don't got to work anything. I think they're, the, I think the Steelers, they're thinking, you know, if this, if this puts a boost in his confidence from having a big game and the Steelers are able to pull this out, it's a, it's a gamble that could really pay off. Cause again, I really think Artie Burns, a lot of his mistakes are because he, I think he has a confidence issue. And, and I can tell you, Matt Sunday, our photographer, he's pointed out several times that Artie has just looked, off even in yeah. games when the Steelers were winning he just looked like he didn't like he was like you know he was upset about something so it was going his way I, I think he's 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 been dealing with some other sort of demons that in his own you know make but this is a chance where he's he's had time to sort of deal with that and not have the pressure of playing in the game now he's got to he's got to put that all behind him and make the play on the field 
Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be unprecedented even in Pittsburgh, right? People forget. I mean, we live in such a what have you done for me Ike lately. Taylor. You know, I, yeah, exactly. Ike Taylor was benched by yeah. Bill Cowher. Um, you know, really didn't find his footing until, you know, what was it, year three, year four mm-hmm. of his career. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, look, it, it wouldn't be unprecedented for Artie Burns. I, you know, the pro- like you said, though, it's a mental thing for Artie. It's not even, it's, it's not even talent. I mean, he, he has the athleticism, no doubt about it. And yep. we've seen him at times throughout his career play relatively well. I mean, he's never been a true shutdown corner or anything, no. anything close. But, you know, the guy has, I mean, the guy, I don't know, he, he, he I, wouldn't surprise me, I guess, uh, if, if when he ultimately leaves the Steelers, if he does, if he finds some success somewhere else. Because uh, maybe if it's you know if it's just a mental thing in, in that way a change of scenery can change everything for you so uh, I guess you know that could be the case so the, hopefully it happens for this team on Sunday so okay so now looking at these changes on the whole right that we're gonna we, we're gonna see Cam Sutton for Mike yeah. we're just we're not gonna see Cam Sutton in the slot or we're we're not gonna see Mike Hilton in the slot we're probably gonna see more of Cam Sutton or someone else right. in the slot and covering uh, covering Gronkowski we're, we might see more of a guy like Jordan Dangerfield out there a little bit or Artie Burns starting. Are, I give the Steelers credit for making changes defensively because clearly this defense hasn't played well in some time. Um, and, you know, you, you can't just keep doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. So I give the Steelers credit for making changes. But are these the right changes that are going to lead to success on Sunday? I mean, that's uh, your guess is as good as mine. I feel like <laughs> I feel like there's I think there's some ideas that uh, that have merit. There's been here's the thing. They've, there's been adjustments that they've made that I've sat there and said, what are you doing? And they have come out and worked. There's been adjustments that they've made, and I'm like, that's exactly what I would do, and they haven't worked. Uh, um, you know. And then at the same time, there's things that they've done, and I've been like, that makes a lot of sense, and it comes out on top. It all depends on, you know, like, uh, ton, uh, you know, Tunchin, Tunchin uh, and, and, and Craig Wolfley, uh, uh, they they have their show and they love to say sometimes it's not about the X's and O's it's about the Jimmy the Joes and uh, you know it's it's about sometimes it's about you know challenging the players to step up in the big moments because again uh, you know I, I don't think Scheme lost their game against the Patriots last year you know you know Sean Davis was was right. blanketing Rob Gronkowski yeah. for the longest time eventually though he is a second round draft pick uh, safety that was in his what second year. Um, you know, and, and, and he was going up against arguably the greatest tight end that's ever played the game and the greatest quarterback that's ever played the game. Right. And eventually right. they're going to beat that. Um, so yeah, I, I think that, I think that a part of it is going to be just get, getting these guys to step up to the challenge. I mean, we've seen in the past, the way that the Patriots have played offense, you know, it's very similar right now. They're playing offense very similar to how they've, they've usually played offense that sort of spread West Coast style, get the ball out quick, you know, shorter passes plays and occasionally hit you over the top when you're sleeping. Um, but now, you know, they have Cordero, Pat Patterson and Josh Gordon and those guys, but they don't have the the, the weapons of the past that used to that used to you know strike fear into the heart of men. Um and, and you know, they still have Rob Gronkowski. I'm not saying that he doesn't do that, but it's not the assortment of, of weapons that you that you don't think you can stop. I right. do think there's a merit to the idea Man up, get physical, be present. I'm saying man up and, and man up and press. Um, but like you know, get physical, beat and, and try to beat these guys at the line of scrimmage. Force them to have to work four or five seconds to get into their routes because those four or five seconds, if you're doing your job, that's the time that you want to give Hayward to it, Hargrave, Watt, Dupree, uh, and maybe even Mike Hilton on on a blitz or something like that. That's what you want to give them time to work after and, and force Tom Brady to move around in the pocket and get and, and take some of those shots. Because uh, I, I do believe, whereas they they hit Philip Rivers a lot in that Chargers game, Tony. I think if you hit old man Brady a lot, yeah. 
it's gonna it might produce a little bit more of an of an impact. I completely agree. You know, I mean, a lot is being made now of these changes in, in the secondary, and I get where the Steelers are coming from. But like you said, the, this game is going to be won in the trenches. And if that if that front seven, if those guys who have been so good at pass rushing in, well, I don't want to say, not in, well, not in big times, right? But they've, they've come through, where they, they lead the league in sacks, so they're right there at the top. But they haven't come through, to me, in the biggest moments of, of the season, right? The last two drives against the Raiders when they really needed to stop, they couldn't get they couldn't get to Carr. They couldn't get to Rivers on that last drive. Can right. they get to Brady in this moment? If they can get to Brady, who cares who's playing nickel? Who cares, you know, I mean, who cares who's covering Gronk? If Brady has no time to get rid of the football, that's going to be the difference in this football game. And, and so, um, you know, the Steelers have so much invested in their front seven. You know, guys like Cam Hayward, guys like Stephon Tewitt, guys like Javon Hargrave, like you talked about, TJ Watt, Bud Dupree, they have to come through in this football game. Otherwise, I, I I like the ch- the changes the Steelers are making defensively, but it's it they're not these aren't I don't think these are the difference between winning and losing. I think the the, the winning and losing happens up front. No, I agree with you. I'm, I'm yeah. always the person that believes that the game it starts and ends up front. Um, if you can if you dominate the line of scrimmage, you know Mark Caboli, uh, he works with the Athletic. He, you know, one thing when he used to work with us, DK Pittsburgh Sports, he would always say, you know, he always made his picks based off which which defensive line had the biggest advantage over the opponent's offensive line. And I, I thought I thought that's an interesting take. And there's a lot of times where that would work. Um, and I think that when you look at these matchups, you know, you know, if if following that philosophy, you look at the Patriots D line, and they got so they got run stuffers. You know, they got guys that can that can plug holes and maintain their gaps and stop you from taking over the ground in the run, even though their run defense has been leaky lately. But they do not have pass rushers up the middle, and that's where the Steelers have their advantage. And I do think that if they're able to crumble the pocket on Tom Brady, um, it's good, you know that'll give them a shot. But the Steelers, I tell you right now, Tony, the, the reason, I think the reason that Cam Sutton's going to be in there is because you know the Patriots are going to come out with you know James White, with Rex Burhead, with Rob Gronkowski, Josh Gordon, and Julian Edelman, and it's going to look like oh that's that's two wide receivers and two running backs and a and a tight end. So let's come out in our base. No, 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 because here comes James White going to the slot, and here comes Rex Burhead motioning out here, and now all of a sudden it's a spread formation, and now mm-hmm. your your base defense is means jack. So let's let's look at you know let's 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 look at how we can you know put a tackling DB in there that's quick, that's aggressive, and that can win the, those spots. I think that's where Cam Sutton's going to be, and you're going to see him anytime they do that. He's going to follow either Gronkowski or maybe even James White. Although I think that would be where you want Mike Hilton because he's the quick guy that can run with right. him. Right. Um, but yeah, that that's that's the look I, I, I'm seeing in the in these adjustments. Yeah, that that's where the Patriots have had all of their success. Right, is is in getting the Steelers into you know getting motion and and. Uh, Getting the Steelers to, to have to have to switch their coverage, or you know, yep. uh, showing one formation and then and then uh, switching to another. Yeah, I mean that's given the Steelers so many problems in the past. Um, so you're right. I mean, if the Steelers are going to come out in base, and you, you mentioned James White there, I mean to me, look, I know all of the all, all the talk this week has been about how are the Steelers going to stop Gronk because of the success that Gronk had a year ago and the success that um, that Jared Cook had a week ago. But boy, the, a player that scares me just as much in this matchup. Is a guy like James White, who a guy like L.J. Fort, and I, I don't know how much L.J. Fort's going to play in this football game, but um, if it's going to be Bostic on James White or Vince Williams on James White, I don't like that. I don't like that matchup for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Right? Yeah. Is it going to be them, or are they going to say, "Hey, Terrell Edmonds, we need your we need your quick burst out there"? Yeah. You know, you know, it, you know, I just I, I I've been thinking through the Steelers, what you know, what what they could use. I've been thinking through what the Patriots, what they're going to use. 
And uh, that's, that's what I do to try to break down each game. I look at their rosters. I look at what, what, what I like about their rosters to see how would I use these to play against each other and how do these coaches normally use these to play against each other. You know those motions are coming. You know those late switches are coming, and they're going to be at the line really quickly to try and force the Steelers' hands, these substitutions. The substitution, that's another part of this game. It's going to be have to be crisp. If you see Steelers running onto the field late oh, and people get running off the field late, and it's okay if they're coming on, you know, because, you know, sometimes the Patriots do those quick switches and you have no choice but to come on the field late. But yeah. if, they're, if, they're, if they're coming on and you see them arguing with each other, that's going to be a bad sign because that's when Tom Brady sees them and he's like, well, I'm picking on those guys right there. Yeah, you mentioned, like, how would – so – if I were Bill Belichick, if I'm the Patriots, how would I attack the Steeler defense? I would go, I would try to test the discipline of this team. I would use a guy like Cordell Patterson oh, yeah. and try to get misdirection. I think that's one of the biggest weaknesses of this defense right now uh, that hasn't been tested as much. I mean, a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's that's got to be another worry. There's just so many ways this this Patriots team can beat the Steeler defense, which is why, you know, if you're if you're heading on, heading on over to my bookie, bet the over on this football game. I think there's gonna be <laughs> there are gonna be points scored in this football game. I don't think this is not gonna be what was it last year? It was twenty seven or twenty four to twenty one or something yeah. like that. I don't think this game is being played in the twenties. I think this game well, if the Steelers are competitive, it'll be in the thirties. It also depends on how the Steelers want to move the ball because if they go if the Steelers go to the Randy Feekner style, spread it out, what they tried to do against the Raiders early on. And they try to go the let's 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 control the ball and take longer drives because here's the thing the Steelers had four drives in the first half against the Raiders if they have four drives against the Patriots I can totally see in this being a 27-24 type of game again because both teams control the clock like that now they're not taking as many deep shots but if the Steelers come out and they say oh okay you want to run around that cover one robber okay we'll wait for that deep safety to commit one way or the other and we're going right after the person that you leave in single coverage um if the Steelers come out aggressive like that then you can see the shootout start to happen but I, I can see both teams saying look we don't believe in our defenses too much. We want to get them a break. Let's pass the ball around a little bit. Let's let's spread it around these guys. Let's eat that clock up. Let's get our guys rest and, and, and force their defense to have to be consistent against us um, and then hope for the big play to break. I can totally see that happening and then this being a really quick first half and then come down to just a few plays in the second half. I know we've gone a little long, but I did want to get your take on yeah. the running back situation because it looks like Connor's not going to play. He hasn't practiced. On either Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah. Um, so, Jalen Samuels, Stephen Ridley. What do you think about their usage last week, and, and how do you think the Steelers? You think that they're going to mix it up at all this week, or, or or change the usage of of Samuels and Ridley against the Patriots? I think one thing you, they might feel a little bit more confident about is using Jalen Samuels and motioning him around and using him as a receiver because they might use him like the Patriots use James White and trying to create space. You know, use use space and win those those horizontal matchups. Yeah. But you saw those comments Stephen Ridley made. He's not happy about how the Patriots treated him after how how, how committed of a player he was. And uh, you know, when he tore his ACL and they cut him afterwards after him being a thousand yard running back for them over the years. I think they might try to get him the ball. Uh, one thing that the Steelers really didn't do against the Raiders, you know, they you know we all know their ground game didn't succeed. But if you look at the types of runs, and I covered this in my war room call. Yeah on DK Pittsburgh Sports, you look at the runs. Who were the lead blockers on the runs? Who were the guys at the point of attack? It was Matt Filer, James Washington, Vance McDonald. When you think Steelers run game and who you want leading the way for your young running backs or, or backup running backs, you want Marquise Pouncey, David DeCastro, Ramon Foster, Roosevelt Knicks. Yeah. And those weren't the guys at the point of attack for a lot of those key runs. Like that third down run that led to the fourth down stop, they went behind Juju Smith-Schuster, who's decent, but he was blocking a linebacker. 
Vance, Vance McDonald, and like they, you know, guys that aren't your typical, you know, guys that you want to win those matchups. I think that if they count in this game, they say we can beat these guys. If we get the get get the, get to the second level, they you might see a little bit more of Rosie Nix getting in there, getting physical and beating people up. That might be your answer to get the ground game going. But at the same time, you know. If I, I again, I don't believe that the run pass ratio is the, is the determining factor of why they've been losing the, the the past three games. I think that's a that's more of a, a result thing. That's like, hey, the the Raiders wanted to want to take away the run. We'll happily throw the ball because we have Antonio Brown and Juju Smith Schuster, and that's that's what I think that they're coming from. This is like they're saying we we got to play to our strengths. So. Um, running game, it could be a factor. I don't expect – I would not start Stephen Ridley or Jalen Samuels in fantasy this week. However, I, I do think that they could get the occasional touch to catch the Patriots off balance. All right, Chris, uh, thanks for joining us. Let, let let everyone know where they can find your work. And again, my name is Chris Carter. You can find me on Twitter at, at Carter Critiques. I'm a, the NFL analyst at DK Pittsburgh Sports where I break down the Steelers after every game. We do morning Java talk shows. Um, and we also have Carter's Classroom, where I break down film all the time. I grade players. I talk about their advantages, their disadvantages, all the great stuff. I work with the great Dale Lally, who's always in the locker room. And we, we do we produce a lot of great stuff under Dayan Kovacevic. Come check us out. We have a dollar trial for a month. We're also doing gift subscriptions right now. If you want to check us out, you can buy a whole subscription, and we get we give you some free gifts along with it. Go on, check us out at DKPittsburghSports.com. All right, Chris, thanks again. Thanks, Tony. All right, thanks again to Christopher Carter for coming on. Always good to have him on, especially in a week like this where the Steelers are making so many changes defensively. Uh, you know, Artie Burns coming into the starting lineup doesn't feel like a smart move, right? You look you look here and, and look at what Artie Burns has done for this team in the 2018 season, and bringing him back into the starting lineup against the Patriots doesn't feel like a winning move. Uh, same can be said for bringing a guy like Cam Sutton over Mike Hilton, who's been one of the best cornerbacks this team has had. And then Jordan Dangerfield, you know, Entering him into the lineup in three safety looks, is that going to be at the expense of a guy like Morgan Burnett? And if if the Steelers brought in Morgan Burnett to shut down Rob Gronkowski, and now you know Morgan Burnett potentially isn't going to play in this game, or is going to have a limited role, or going to split time with Jordan Dangerfield? I mean, are these the winning? Are these the winning form? Is this the winning formula for this Steeler defense against Tom Brady? It doesn't feel like it. it. Doesn't feel like this is the winning formula. But I will give the Steelers credit in that look. Don't you know? Don't just keep doing the same thing. Don't keep doing the same thing you've been doing the last couple weeks because it isn't working. Watching the, the Chargers move down the field with regularity in the second half to get back into that football game and ultimately win that football game. And the same can be said for what happened in Oakland, right? This defense is not playing winning football right now. And so I don't disagree that changes need to be made. I, I just look at these changes and I say, you know, are these the right changes? You know, I guess you got to try something because what's happening now just isn't working. You look at the X's, O's, X's and O's of this football game and, I mean, look, the, the X's and O's will tell you the Steelers are going to get their ass kicked. They're going to be one-dimensional on offense. They're not, they're not going to be able to run the ball. And they're not really going to try with guys like Jalen Samuels and Steven Ridley. And maybe you have Connor on some sort of pitch count. But if, if he doesn't play, and you got Samuels and Ridley out there, and, and it's, it, you know, it's going to be Ben throwing basically every play, that's going to play right into the Patriots defense. A Patriots defense that's pretty soft. You saw what Frank Gore did to them a week ago. What Le'Veon Bell was able to do in this game a year ago, and they had a ton of success with Le'Veon in that game, both as a runner and as a receiver out of the backfield. Yeah, you know, offensively, I would I would love to watch Juju and AB dominate this matchup, and we didn't get to see that a year ago because AB went down in the first quarter. So that that's an interesting wrinkle there. But then you look at the defensive side, 
And again, I mean, are we are we really going to believe that Artie Burns and man-to-man coverage is is gonna is gonna all of a sudden be night and day from what we've seen from him the entire year? I I, I have a hard time believing that. Is Jordan Dangerfield the right guy to come in in three safety looks? Is Cam Sutton over Mike Hilton the winning formula at at nickel corner? I, you know, again, all of that just it's hard to believe. It's hard to believe. And yet, as a fan, I throw the X's and O's out, and I look at the narrative of this. And I say, this football team that was playing so well for six weeks, that has the talent that they have, right? That, that you know, they, they went out there and they won five, six straight football games. They destroyed, absolutely destroyed the Carolina Panthers. And then they lost three games, all three of which you can make strong arguments that they should have won, right? It's not like we were, were watching this team in three straight blowouts. They should have beaten the Denver Broncos. They, they turned the ball over. So many times in the game, and so many strange turnovers in that one. It wasn't like you know Ben was Ben didn't see Ben didn't see a linebacker or anything like that. I mean, you know Xavier Grimble going into the end zone and fumbles, and James Conner gets his legs taken off from underneath him and fumbles. Strange, strange. And then you go a week later to that game against the Chargers. They're dominating that football game. Some strange officiating in that game, late, uh, well, early and late, let's say. But you know, again, that football game, the Steelers had every opportunity to win that game, could not come up. With a victory. And then last week, last week against the Raiders, the debacle that was that game against the Raiders, the Steelers could have blown out the Raiders if Ben Roethlisberger had played into the second half. But because the x ray machine didn't work and the Steelers were probably a little too precautious, and again, if, if you're going to put Ben, if, if the idea is we could put Ben in if we absolutely need him, well, you need to win this football game. You need to put him in. Uh, but they didn't, and they end up losing that football game. And that's the way this team's going to end. I mean, that's the story right there because losing to the Patriots is losing to the Patriots. But that's the story is those three games define this team and ultimately lead to this team missing out on the playoffs, being embarrassed in this season and losing five straight, losing out on the division to their division rival in the Baltimore Ravens with their rookie quarterback. That's, That's the narrative of the 2018 season. That's the only thing I have to cling on. That's the only thing we fans have to cling on, right? This is a revenge game for the Steelers. They should come out fired up. The crowd should come out fired up. The X's and O's tell you this is an ass-kicking in favor of the Patriots. The fan in me will will tell you, I don't think this is the way this team goes down. This team has played too well at times this year for this to be the end, for this team to really go 8-7-1. and one. And by the way, if this team goes 8-7-1, and one, you know, all the murmurs... Of talk of Tomlin getting fired or Tomlin being on the hot seat, that kind of thing, it's going to explode over the offseason. And it's not that the Steelers are actually going to fire Mike Tomlin. They will not. There's no way the Steelers fire Tomlin, even at an 8-7-1 record. But you're going to hear that narrative all offseason. It's going to be said by the Pittsburgh media. It's going to be said by the national media. His inability to beat the Patriots, his inability to build the defense, his inability to, to beat lesser opponents... That's going to be the narrative all offseason. And how many more years does Ben have left? And are you keeping Tomlin through the Ben years? Is it time to bring in another guy? The Steelers aren't going to do it, but it's going to be the narrative. And it's going to drive the narrative really all the way into the 2019 season where Tomlin is kind of going to enter into 2019 on the hot seat. Is this really where we're headed? Maybe. We'll see on Sunday. I just have a feeling that this team, you know, it, we all we all dream about this, the Steelers as a juggernaut going up against a juggernaut Patriots team and the Steelers finally get that monkey off their back. They finally conquer uh, the Patriots and they go on to play in the Super Bowl. That was the dream. That was the narrative a year ago. It didn't come true. 
because that team couldn't overcome the problems they had even against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And a year later, the narrative is, is the opposite, right? All hope is lost. This team is headed for five straight losses. You know, this team is a train wreck. They forgot how to win. All that. Is that the time this team finally gets over the hump against the Patriots? It wouldn't surprise me. That's why I'm saying the fan in me has this belief that this is not how this team goes down. The X's and O's point to a huge Patriots victory, but the fan in me can't help but thinking this team has one last shot left in them. I can't wait to watch this game on Sunday. All right, that'll do it for me today. Thank you all for listening. If you want to leave feedback, SteelerCountry at gmail.com is the email address. You can follow me on Twitter at SteelerCountry, and I'll be back on Monday with my rapid reaction of Steelers Patriots right here on Locked on Steelers.